Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined once again by Jordan Climack. Jordan, I have a tweet to read you to start this show. From Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, this is going to be a good tweet. This is one you're going to like. Warren Sharp. 2020 Steelers offensive line starters gone. Left tackle. Alejandro Villanueva, 16 starts. Left guard, Matt Filer, 13 starts. Center, Marquise Pouncey, 13 starts. Right guard, David DeCastro, 13 starts. That's the new one that we found out today. They released him. Added linemen, third and round fourth picks. Three offensive linemen, free agency, all of which make between 1 million and 2.3 million a year. But they got a first round running back. So we're all good, Jordan. We're all good. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Henry, you know, I saw this move and I was, it was puzzling to me at first because I don't think you just let a guy like DeCastro just go unless you have a plan in place. And lo and behold, like two hours after the DeCastro news comes out of the Steelers releasing him, this from Adam Schefter, former Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner and the Pittsburgh Steelers have agreed to terms on a one-year deal, this per his agent Drew Rosenhaus. So there you have it. They had a plan in place. They were going to let Castro DeCastro go. He was a little getting a little expensive. We know Steelers are all tied up in terms of their pocketbooks. So they bring in Trey Turner on a on, on a one year deal, Henry, and it's fine for it's fine with me. You know, I'm not losing any sleep over this move whatsoever. Trey Turner was god awful the last time <laughs> he he played football. He's rating on PFF last year, look, PFF, right, not the be-all, end-all, but you got to look at the extremes, right? And typically that's a good indication of somebody's good or bad. He got a 34.8 last year. He had with the Chargers last year? Yeah, he had a 51 in pass blocking and a 29.8 in run blocking. Good luck, Najee Harris. Good luck. (laughs) Right. I mean, Henry, looking at – let's go through it real quick. Marquise Ponte, retired. David DeCastro, cut. And Alejandro Villanueva, left in free agency. Matt Filer, left in free agency. I mean, that was the Steelers' starting offensive line last year. It's all gone now. Here's the thing. is Their offensive line wasn't that good last year. So exactly. I think retooling there would have made sense. But to lose all of these guys is one thing. They also didn't really replace them with like premier talent. They didn't spend elite draft capital on their offensive line. They didn't spend tons of money because they don't have it on on their offensive line. So this to me is a failure in process as far as the last several years for the Steelers and drafting Harris in the first round is just the latest, you know, baffling move as part of that but it's why i think the browns need to draft offensive linemen so consistently and why i loved you know them taking hudson in the fourth round this year is you constantly have to have a pipeline because not only do people get injured at that position but guys get old they retire they move on because it's a valuable position so you got to pay them so you always got to have people ready and i look at the Steelers roster and i'm like who is playing for this offensive line and how are they going to keep big Ben alive? I just, uh... no, yeah, no. I mean, it's a great question because that's going to be the biggest question with Ben Roethlisberger heading into next year. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be able to play all 16 games? 
it's funny. I actually had a friend last year who Henry, he sent me a Snapchat and <laughs> I screenshotted it and of course brought it back up. He, he sent me, he's like, I'll eat my own head. <laughs> if Ben Roethlisberger plays 16 games. And uh, I don't believe he did. Right. He didn't no, play Mason, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph right, started right, against right. us. Yeah. yeah. So I sent him that. I was like, all right, man, let's, let's see it. I don't know how you're going to do it, but let's see it. So, I mean, yeah, again, that's going to come down to help with Ben Roethlisberger and you kind of hit the nail on the head, Henry, their offensive line was not very good last year to, and you said it, it's one thing to retool, but to just lose these guys and then sign like a trade Turner. I mean, <laughs> Good luck. Like you said, good luck. And uh, I'm pretty sure all nine new starters on that Browns defense are licking their chops, looking at this mess of a Steelers offensive line right now. That they are. And it's fitting, Jordan, that the topic of today's show is AFC contenders outside of the AFC North. We already talked about the AFC North a little bit. And we talked about how, hey, the Steelers probably aren't really a contender in the AFC North in the same way that the Browns and the Ravens are. So we wanted to take a look at the other teams that we have to worry about as Brown supporters in terms of those that, that took the AFC crown. So going to look at what they did in the offseason, kind of do a little bit of a, a mini preview of what we thought of their moves and how they stack up as part of the field this year. And I think the place to start is with the Chiefs, defending yeah. AFC champions. Of course, they knocked off the Browns in that heart-wrenching game for Browns fans. And they didn't win the Super Bowl. They did not go back-to-back because of some glaring, glaring offensive line issues, Jordan. And that feels like the number one priority for them was upgrading that offensive line. And they pretty much went out and did that this offseason. They did, and it sucks, too, because, I mean, obviously all of their Super Bowl woes come down to not being healthy on the offensive line and how just disruptive the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line was able to be and kind of just living in the backfield and making things difficult on Patrick Mahomes. You know, there was a second there, Henry, where we thought, the Chiefs' offensive line is not getting any better. We're like, this, this is going to be a weakness on that team moving forward. And, of course, we saw the moves that the Browns made to revamp their defensive line, but it seemed like overnight and that came right before the draft came down overnight. The chiefs kind of just reworked this offensive line. It was a head scratcher when it first happened. Um, obviously Orlando Brown from the Ravens getting traded to the chiefs. I remember when that first went down, it was like, huh? You're going to trade your starting left tackle and a good one at that in Orlando Brown to a team that ultimately you're going to have to try and beat in the end. Of course the Ravens go out and they get Villanueva to replace him both of those teams kind of reworked their offensive line kind of, kind of out of nowhere. But then you have Joe Thune is, I mean, coming over from the Patriots, Henry, I, I, they got, look, uh, do we know what their situation is with Mitchell Schwartz as it stands? So let's recap these moves really quick for the listeners, just in case everyone doesn't have them all down. So, Fisher and Schwartz both released on the same day. Fisher tore his Achilles, of course, in the, in the playoffs. So he's likely done it. I don't know if Mitchell Schwartz retired. He had a back issue. So it seems like that was potentially the way it was heading for him. They instead signed Joe Thune to a five-year, $80 million contract to, to come in at guard. They added Kyle Long out of retirement to come in as well at guard. Kyle Long has now since fractured his knee and his you know, uh, readiness for the regular season is in question. It uh, looks like he's definitely going to miss at least a large chunk of training camp. 
you mentioned then the trade for Orlando Brown as well. So, and on top of that, they, they had an opt out last year uh, in, in uh, Duvernay Tardif. So he's going to be back as a potential guard and they drafted a center out of Oklahoma Creed Humphrey. So basically the only guy you can expect back on this offensive line is Mike Remmers who yeah. is that right tackle that was subbing in for Schwartz and, and Fisher during the playoffs last season. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like probably has the two worst Super Bowl performances from an offensive lineman that like I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, like I'm not trying to be like, that's not even like hyperbole. Like I think that just like basically is fact at this point, going back to Mitchell Schwartz real quick, I might have to just send him a text. Mitchell Schwartz is actually the homie. Um, I have a game. Yeah, a game worn jersey off his back from 2015 uh, Brown Steelers game, autographed, hanging actually behind me right here uh, in the lab, Henry. So he he's the homie. Uh, it appears actually that some Chiefs, from what I'm reading here, it looks like the Chiefs are holding out hope that they might be able to bring Mitchell Schwartz back on a smaller deal. We'll see how that works out for them. But yeah. I mean, the bottom line is that with Orlando Brown and the moves that they've made at guard, I think that the Chiefs kind of put that offensive line, I don't want to say back to where it was when they won the Super Bowl, because you had, again, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher kind of performing at elite levels from the tackle positions. Don't know what we're going to get from the right tackle from the Chiefs, but it's certainly Orlando Brown. I'm sure we'll get the job done there at left tackle. So we'll see how it plays out, Henry. And it'll be an interesting matchup to see that new offensive line Versus all the new pieces on the Browns defense come week one. I think they solved it for the most part. You're right. That right tackle position is still a little concerning. I feel like people saw the the big splashy moves from the chiefs. But then when you look at the depth chart, having Remmers there is still a little bit uh, unnerving. I would say if you're a chiefs fan, they, you know, they lost some other guys, you know, Brashad Breland and, and some other kind of rotational starters, but for the most part, these guys, in my opinion, upgraded, you know, they upgraded where they needed to upgrade in a smart fashion. And they're bringing back Patrick Mahomes and that, the, that core of talent, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. They're going to be t- the clear favorites to me. Uh, I don't really see how, how you can argue that. And the Browns get them in week one. So we'll find out how the Browns stack up pretty quickly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think that most majority of their moves came on that offensive line, Henry. If you flip it over to the defense, really the only move of, of note really would be signing uh, free agent defensive tackle Jerron Reed. Um, I mean, I, that's really the only thing that I look at from their offense, from their um, defensive moves. That I look at that kind of like, okay, that was a solid move there. Again, the Chiefs, they have an interesting defense because – I feel like people sleep on their defense a little bit. Um, you know, that's always kind of the thing with them. It's like, yeah, is their defense that good? The bottom line is the Chiefs' defense throughout the last couple of years in the playoffs, weeks leading into the playoffs, they start – they make plays when it matters. They make plays when they need to make plays. They have always come through. That would be a Frank Clark who actually has gotten himself into some legal trouble uh, over the past couple of days. Tyrone Matthew, of course, these guys – all of these guys make plays when they need to. So I think the Chiefs' defense is still going to be solid, and they upgraded the offensive line. So it's almost a rich get richer type situation with the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, and I've seen that stuff with Frank Clark, and it looked yeah. like um, was it that was the firearm possession that came firearm. Through? Yeah, he. I guess he said, you know, the Chris Carter fall guy. <laughs> I think that uh, he's they try they they're saying that it was his bodyguard. 
his bodyguard's gone. I don't know how that's going to play out in court. But nonetheless, Frank Tr- Flink Clark finding himself in the news recently uh, and not for good reason. Just based on recent track record of the NFL, I would say even if that, you know, he has some legal issues, you're looking at a, you know, a, potentially a suspension for that Browns game. But uh, yeah, he'll be there at the end of things yeah. when this is all over and, and is a key player on that defense for sure. Jordan, are you in agreement that they're the clear favorite in the AFC? Yeah, without question. I mean, just look at Patrick Mahomes' career, man. I mean, year one, lose the AFC championship. Year two, you lose, uh, you win the Super Bowl. Year three, you you lose the Super Bowl. So I mean, it's like at, at that point, it's like they're they're the team to beat in the AFC right now, especially with Tom Brady being out of New England. And until someone is able to come through and knock them off, they're going to continue to be the team to beat in the AFC. And they're the team that the Browns should be targeting, right? They're the team that the Browns should be saying, what personnel can we put out on the field that can match them? What personnel can we match up with, whether it be speed, whether it be defensive line, whether it be secondary, all moves that the Browns address this offseason, in my eyes, are direct parallel to everything that the Chiefs are doing and realizing what you need to do to beat the Chiefs. So that proves it right there. You're not going out to make moves to beat a team if, if they aren't the favorite in the AFC. You do it if they are, and the Chiefs certainly are, Henry. And I do think the Browns did some things that are going to help them, you know, yeah. adding a, an athletic guy like Clowney, adding, uh, you know, some much-needed talent to the secondary. That that should definitely help them against the Chiefs, but I, it's tough when you're going up against, you know, a, an all-time great in, in Patrick Mahomes. I think we can already say that at this point. The other team I would say that's pretty consensus as far as being favored ahead of the Browns in the AFC is uh, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen returns. Uh, they had a great year last year as well. And the the Buffalo Bills, for the most part, a pretty quiet offseason, but will bring back a lot of their key pieces from last year's team. Yeah, be- before we totally dive into the offseason moves on the Bills, had to get your opinion on this. Because I lost my shit today talking about this and, and seeing this. Chris Sims <laughs> put out his top 40 quarterbacks heading into the 2021 season. Did you see these rankings, Henry? I did not. No, no, no. Do you want me to read them to you? Please. Coming in at number one, Patrick Mahomes. I think we can all agree. That's logical. Who would you think comes in at number two? Are you going to tell me it's Josh Allen? I'm going to tell you it's Josh Allen. He has Josh Allen as the second quarterback heading into the 2021 season. Has him above of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what are we doing? I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I had to bring that up while we were on the topic of the Bills, Henry, because I saw that. And look, I, I can sit here on this podcast and say that between Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Baker, I would probably take Josh Allen as it stands right now. But it is not – he's not far ahead by that much. It's a lot closer than it's made out to be. Baker Mayfield came in at 13th on this list. Lamar Jackson came in at 6th. Josh Allen was at 2. I'm going to wake up like the Dwayne Wade commercial, wake up in a cold sweat thinking about how the hell Josh Allen was at number 2 on this list. Chris Sims loves his traits, and you can't argue that, that Josh Allen has great traits, but that's ridiculous. I mean – here, here's the ultimate test. When it was third and eight, did the Bills love the fact that they had to drop back with Josh Allen every single time? No. And Bill, the team in general, you can see their trust in Allen wasn't always 
its strongest in those most critical moments. I agree with you. I would take Josh Allen out of those three young quarterbacks that you mentioned in the AFC. Uh, he does have incredible traits. He's a great runner. He's got a powerful arm. But this leads me back to the offseason because I think the most important thing that the Bills did was retain their offensive coordinator and Brian Dable. The fact that yeah. he didn't get a head job, head coaching job to me is a miracle because of what he's done with Josh Allen. Those guys are typically gone after a year. And so bringing him back to get the most out of Allen to me was the most important thing that happened to them this offseason, whether it was in their control or not. Yeah, that's such a great point, Henry. And you talk about the continuity that the Browns have going into this off or going into this season for what it seems like the first time in pretty much ever, I guess. Uh, you know, bringing back Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt, all those guys that are have helped aid Baker Mayfield do what he was able to do last year. Same exact thing can be said about the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott still there, and to your point, Brian Dable, it seemed like he was going to get one of these head coaching jobs. Was he? Do we know this off the top of our heads, Henry? Was he offered a job? And he turned it down to stay there? Or is it one of those things where like he was kind of that hot candidate, but maybe it was a year too early? He definitely interviewed at several yeah. different places, and that's why I thought he was going to get hired. It, it looks like the reporting was that after Brandon Staley was named the Rams head coach, that he informed everybody he was headed back to Buffalo. So okay. I, it looks like uh, the Chargers and Jets also interviewed him. Uh, so they, they, there, there might've been some other opportunities for him out there, but he ends up staying in Buffalo and that's huge for them. He, he made not only jo uh, Josh Allen very successful last year, but he was able to integrate Stefan Diggs into that offense successfully, which is not always the easiest thing to do as Browns fans can attest getting a star wide receiver to, to fit in your new system. And they, they do look, for the most part, pretty good. I think the concerns would be on the other side of the football with the defense more so than the offense. Yeah, I would agree. So if you're looking at their – here's a sneaky move that they did make, though, and I, I forgot about this one. Emmanuel Sanders. Um, they signed Emmanuel Sanders to a one-year deal. Obviously, they let John Brown go in free agency. They didn't resign him, kind of replaced him with Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders is a—he's one of those guys where you you know what you're going to get from him. He's pretty consistent. He's never going to, you know, break. The, you know, his numbers aren't going to jump off the page to you by any means. But he's a guy that he's going to get the job done at the end of the day. And then, um, you flip or, or staying on offense, I guess, re-signing Daryl Williams to that three-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal. I think those are the two moves. I really the only two moves of significance that the Bills made when it comes to offense. But you flip it over and you look at that defense again. Their big move was probably just a lot. Of, here's the thing with the Bills. A lot of their, their moves this offseason, their big moves were just retaining the guys that they had. You talked about Brian Dable. You talked about, um, you know, Daryl Williams. And the other guy, of course, being Matt Milano. Um, signed him to a four-year, $44 million contract. So for the Bills, when you're looking at it in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't necessarily who they were able to add, though I do like the Emmanuel Sanders move. It's more for them about who they were able to keep. I also totally forgot that they signed Mitchell Trubisky. Little quarterback competition in training camp. Is that your uh, boy? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, a proud representative of Menor, Ohio. Yeah, but uh, I don't think he is going to be uh, competing with Josh Allen anytime no. <laughs> soon. Uh, you, yeah, it, pretty much retentions across the board for the Bills, uh, bringing back mostly the same team they had. And 
I was surprised they didn't add more pass rush help. Uh, they turned to the draft for that in, in Gregory Rousseau, who I yeah. know is a prospect you like a lot. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, he's going to have an opportunity there to make a name for himself because uh, I think they need a little bit more pass rush in the biggest moments. Some guys who can really get home uh, against the Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfields of the world if they are going to come out of the AFC this year. I think they're capable of it. They've got some of the best coaching. They've got talent across the roster on offense and defense. But a, a, a team that if the Browns played, I I would feel like it's it, it would almost depend where it was played in, Cleveland or Buffalo, in terms of who I thought was favored at this moment. Yeah, totally. And I think without question, you could say that the Chiefs are number one. We both were in agreement on that. I think that it's the Bills and then the Browns next. And I don't think it's by a wide margin by any means, Henry. I think last year, if the Browns were able to get past the Chiefs in that game, and I still have nightmares about that damn Chad Henney run, that's neither here nor there. If the Browns were able to get over the Chiefs in that game, Henry, I would have liked the Browns to win. Like, I, I don't know if they would have been favored, but I certainly would have given them a chance to beat the Bills last year. And everything the Browns did this year made them better on defense. We just talked about the Bills. I don't know necessarily know that they got any better. They kind of stayed the same for them. It was all about retaining the pieces that they already had. For the Browns, it was all about adding pieces that they didn't have on defense. And they certainly did that. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out this year. Yeah, I, I think the Browns were a step behind the Bills last year, but with the defensive additions, I think they, you know, they pull right along even. And, and maybe the Bills will get a lot out of Rousseau or, or Basham Jr., who they took in the second round. But if they don't, I, I think this is going to be pretty even. And I also think the Bills are going to face, and we'll talk about this, uh, some more challenges in their division than they've gotten, in, you know, than they got last year. I think the Patriots will be better especially on the defensive side of the football with all their opt-ins. The Dolphins were a competitive team last year. The Jets probably still not going to do much with them. I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy, but if Zach Wilson pops, they've got a little bit of competition there. And I think that division will, will be maybe, you know, more interesting than people think. I do still favor them to come out of it, but I, I, I could see Buffalo having a slight regression in the, in the regular season too. Yeah, I agree with that totally. But to me, the main competition is going to come from the Patriots and all of the moves that they made. Look, there's no way in hell Bill Belichick is missing the playoffs two years in a row after watching Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. I just think that's not going to happen. That's why you saw him go out there and be so aggressive this offseason, spending money like we haven't seen the Patriots spend really ever. Talk about the Miami Dolphins. I'm not as high on them. I'm really not. I, I think that they kind of overachieved last year. Um, I, I'm not high on Tua. I, I really don't think that he's going to be the quarterback that everyone kind of wants or expects him to be. I think that he's very limited in what he can do. And I think that a lot of their success last year came from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I do. I, of course, he hit the struggles late in the year as he typically does. But again, I'm not as high on the Dolphins. I do think that this is still the Bills division to lose, but they will have some be uh, better competition there in, uh, with uh, the Patriots there. Let, let the Patriots and Bills beat up on each other. That's fine with me. Well, it's interesting you brought up the Dolphins. So let, let me ask you this. I think the, the top four in the AFC as far as betting odds, and I feel like among most people, are Chiefs, Bills, Browns, and Ravens. In fact, yeah. in that order as I look at a sports book right now. So yeah, they have the Browns just slightly favored over the Ravens, um, but pretty much the exact same odds, and then Chiefs and Bills ahead of them. So let's take out those teams. We've already talked about them. 
of the remaining AFC teams, Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Chargers, Patriots, any, anybody, who are you most worried about potentially leapfrogging the Browns this year and, and getting into the mix as a top two or three seed if things break right? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I think to me, it's two teams and I think it's clearly the Colts and I think it's clearly the Titans. So I'm not necessarily fearing either of those teams. We'll see what happens with the Colts. They'll get some guys back on offense, a Paris Campbell. Obviously we know that they got Carson Wentz. It'll be interesting to see what he's able to do um, with Frank Reich there. Uh, obviously, you know, Frank Reich had success with him in the past with the Eagles. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out, Henry. Um, the Colts are good. They're, they'll get some pieces back on defense as well. Darius Leonard uh, missed some time last year. I, I do think the Colts are going to be right around there as well. I still like the Browns over them. The interesting one is the Titans. Um, and it really comes down to how much you value the Julio Jones move. If, if you're looking at it as Julio Jones can come in and be the guy that he was for so many years in Atlanta, and that's a pretty scary offense with the Titans. Uh, it's going to come down to defense for them as it did last year. But looking at that offense with Tannehill, who I think is a, probably a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I think we can say that without question. Obviously, Derrick Henry, probably a top three running back in my eyes. I look at him as probably the best running back in the football. I know you come out a little bit different on that. But nonetheless, top three, top five running back, A.J. Brown and then Julio Jones. So, I mean, they got a pretty impressive offense there, Henry. For Tennessee, it's all going to come down to defense. And interestingly enough, for the Colts, I think it's all going to come down to offense. I think their defense is pretty good. We'll see what they're able to do with Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, welcoming some guys back in that running back group. And then again, ultimately, it's going to come down to Carson Wentz. So really, I'm looking at it as the Colts and the Titans are those two teams that, you know, if one of those top teams in the AFC that we just mentioned, whether it be the, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, the Ravens, if one of them suffers a significant injury, or just something happens. We all know that things happen in the NFL. If something happens to one of those teams, I think we could see the Colts or Titans jump into that picture. I'm with you on the Colts. And in fact, I would say the Colts are, are, are the number one team I worry about because I'm, I'm buying a little bit of Carson Wentz stock right now. It's, it's real low. It's real low. And two years ago, Carson Wentz dragged an Eagles roster that was garbage on offense. I mean, he had Greg Ward as his number one receiver and they were competitive in that playoff game with the Seahawks before he was concussed. And you mentioned he reunites with Frank Wright. I think the Colts are a competent organization, top to bottom head coach. I like GM. I like most of the rest of their roster. I like, so if Wentz can find his form from two years ago, I think they could be super competitive in the AFC I have no way to explain what happened last year. I can't explain it. It was like every week I would watch Carson Wentz and I was like, wow, he's really struggling. And then it just happened so many games in a row. You're like, well, I guess this is just the level he's at. Like can't hit open yeah. guys. And I, I don't know what to make of him right now, but I just, it's hard for me to believe he got that much worse from two and three seasons ago. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, sometimes it becomes a mental game with these guys. I don't know if he's in his own head or not. If he is, it might be hard to get out, but um, talking sticking with the Colts for a second, Henry. The other thing, guy that we talked about in some of our draft pod, podcasts that I said that I liked a lot and could see the Browns targeting, and the Colts ended up with him, and that's Quiddy Pay. Um, I think that was a, a solid draft pick by the Colts. Again, adding Carson Wentz. The other move, too, 
we're talking about an already pretty great offensive line, Henry. They, they, we talked about just with the Chiefs, let Eric Fisher go. He went to the Colts. So it'll be interesting to see. They already had a good offensive line last year. They have one of the better offensive lines in football, in my opinion. And then you look at Carson Wentz, to your point, if you're going to buy stock, the Eagles offensive line has been a mess seemingly his entire career in Philadelphia. So you flip it over to Indianapolis Colts, where he has a solid offensive line. I mean, he's definitely out of excuses. It, it's, it's, it's make or break this year for Carson Wentz. I don't know how it's going to play out, but the pieces certainly are in place for him to have a successful year. I mean, you're going to get a re-signed T.Y. Hilton. He'll be healthy. He was banged up all last year, and I mentioned Paris Campbell as well. I like the rest of the roster. I really do. I was just pulling it up again, and, man, they just, they've just they got talent at all three levels. Yeah. It's just you got to have a quarterback, and we'll see what they get out of Wentz. On, on the flip side with the other team you mentioned, I, I, I'm going to disagree about the Titans. I think the Titans are, are overhyped at this point. Um, the Julio Jones, you think they passed their window? It's, just the, it, it's the defense. You mentioned it. Yeah. The Julio Jones move to me is, an, is nice, but their offense was going to be good without Julio Jones, in my opinion. Uh, and I know they lost Corey Davis as that option that would have been next to A.J. Brown. But with Derrick Henry, with Tannehill, that's, you know, the good weapons there. The defense, Bud Dupree didn't love that contract. Danico Autry didn't love that contract. I didn't like a lot of the moves they made on defense, and they were terrible last year. I mean, the Browns lit them up for that reason. Yeah. And the other thing is no Arthur Smith. So to me, you're going in with an unproven offensive coordinator. That could take some time to adjust. So I don't love the Titans this year, and it's part of the reason I do think the Colts could be good as well you know when you get a new coach sometimes that can be a great thing like the Browns saw last year it can be a market improvement but when you lost a guy like Arthur Smith who you know is very competent at his job it's tough to really improve on that right you may get a guy who's as good or 80 percent as good but it, it, there's not a lot of upside there I, I think in this Titans offense even adding Julio Jones to the mix so I'm less excited about them uh, compared to the Colts for sure I agree with that, but at the same time, I do think that they got their secondary. Uh, it will be a lot better this year, um, signing Janoris Jenkins, and then, of course, drafting my guy and Caleb Farley just a couple picks before the Browns. I do think they'll be better at, at um, in, in their secondary just based off of those couple of moves. But those – I mean, looking at their offseason moves, Henry, those are really the only two that I can look at. Like, okay, well, those were good moves. Other than that, it's Julio Jones, and, and it's pretty much the same exact Titans team. So to your point – It'll all come down to defense for them. I do think that their offense was really good last year. And I think it'll be even better this year. But again, all going to come down to the defensive side of ball. You brought up Miami too, and I want to like Miami. I I think now um, I think now that the the trendiness of them has worn off a bit. They they added Jalen Waddle in the draft, which I think some people thought was a little bit of a confusing move. Uh, they they've added Will Fuller is to give to us some more skill weapons, but they didn't get a quarterback. Right. And so I think there's some question marks around, Hey, as elite as this defense was, are they really going to be able to repeat that? And even if they do, what are they going to get out of the quarterback position? Because as you mentioned, Brian Fitzpatrick outplayed Tua last year. Yeah. Now the case for the dolphins being better is that hip injury was brutal for Tua he didn't have, uh, you know, the, the typical offseason that, that you would expect for a rookie coming in to camp. So maybe he can improve a lot this year compared to what he did last year. 
I want to buy the Dolphins, but the challenge I'm having is they hired like two co-offensive coordinators, which I didn't really get. I didn't love what Chan Gailey did last year as their offensive yeah. coordinator, but I don't know how this two coordinator system is going to work. I, I think, I think I like Miami, but I'm not sold on Tua, and and if he's not any better than he was last year, they're dead in the water. I mean, he, he was terrible for a lot of the time he was in there, and that's why they kept pulling him out for Fitzpatrick. I just, I think back to what I thought of him as a prospect. And I did like him coming out of Alabama. I understand they had great weapons. I understand he was open all the time, but he was extremely accurate. And I just have to imagine he can at least be better than that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see. Again, I'm not high on him at all. I wasn't high on him coming out of the draft. He had one of the best offensive lines in the history of college football for his couple years at Alabama, and I think that played a lot into it. I mean, the Browns got one of his tackles, and you saw how good he was able to be as a rookie coming over from right tackle to left tackle, and that, of course, being Jed Wills. But looking at the other moves for the Dolphins this offseason, I mean, it's really just signing Jalen Waddle, and I believe they signed Jerome Baker like a couple days ago, I think, maybe like a week or so ago. Other than that, Henry, I don't see, you know, there's not really a single move else that I see from that that really jumps off to me and say the Dolphins got a lot better than they were last year. For them, I think they're just, putting all their cards in the middle of the table and saying we we're putting, we're all in on Tua. We have to go all in with Tua. We spend that high draft pick on him. It's time for uh, our ascension will happen. If Tua ascends into being a player that I don't necessarily think he will be the other move that they made. And it'll be interesting to see, because I think that we'll see him at some point. Cause again, I'm just not, not a Tua guy at all. They signed Jacoby Brissett to kind of be that Ryan Fitzpatrick role, for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I think Jacoby Brissett is more than a serviceable NFL quarterback. You know, I go back to a couple of years ago. I had him in fantasy for a couple of weeks because I had Drew Brees. Drew Brees went down. Jacoby Brissett gets the job done. He's a pro's pro. I think he knows the game. You know what you're going to get from him. I don't think he's going to turn you into some, you know, great playoff team that's going to go on a run. But I do definitely think that if Tua isn't able to get the job done, that Jacoby Brissett can come in and at least clean up. It's possible, but if Jacoby Brissett's your starting quarterback, you're not a threat to win the AFC. So that's the other side of it is that may get you to the, you know, the six seed, the seven seed, but that's not getting you to, to the top of the class. uh, At least for me, the one other team Jordan, I really want to talk about is uh, another trendy pick in the AFC and that's the chargers. Where do you come out on them? They, they replace Anthony Lynn with, with uh, Brandon Staley. John Carroll uh, roots there for, yeah, for Staley. Yeah. Uh, Herbert, of course, shined in his rookie year and comes back in, in year two. So what do you think about their chances of, you know, taking a massive leap into you know, possible AFC contention? It's possible. I just don't know if it's going to happen as quickly as some people are expecting it to happen. Uh, I mean, they play in, a division where you obviously you have the Chiefs, of course you have, I think the Raiders will be a little bit better. Broncos will be a little bit better. I, I think there's, you know, there's, it's, it's, a, it's typically a bloodbath in the AFC West. We see a lot of those games are close regardless of how good or bad the team is. But I mean, you just talk about what, like, think about last year with the everything that the Browns did to aid Baker Mayfield and propel, propel him into having the year that he did. Well, the, the Chargers had a similar offseason to doing what they can to put pieces around Justin Herbert 
to make sure that he's going to be the guy that everyone expects him to be. And I think people expect him to move into the elite quarterback conversation relatively quickly here. And I mean, we'll just start with it. I mean, signing Corey Lindsley from the Packers. I mean, that's a big move right there. Drafting Rashawn Slater. Uh, of course, they drafted Asante Samuel Jr. as well, but that's defensive. We just talked about the Steelers losing Matt Filer. Well, he's on the Chargers now. I mean, it was they, they made a lot of moves on that offensive line. And I just think that uh, another guy being uh, O'Day, uh, is it Abushi? Uh, something, something along those lines. We'll, Good, we'll say it's Abushi. Yeah, close enough. But nonetheless, they, they shored up that offensive line that was, I would say, pretty terrible last year. And, I mean, look, they have the pieces around Herbert, whether it be at receiver or at tight end. I, just, I think that they are going to – they're going to be good this year, Henry. I've, I'm seeing a lot of people putting money on them as a team, one of those sleeper teams to make the playoffs and all that. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm buying that. I'm kind of looking at them as a team that might float around 500 – maybe a game or two below or a game or two above. I don't think that they're going to send as quickly as some people think that they will. I see them as a team that's going to sneak into the end of the playoffs and then be a team that you don't want to see if you're one of these home favorites early on in the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to be quite in, you know, AFC contention as far as winning multiple playoff games. But the reason I think they are going to sneak into the bottom of the playoffs is number one, they, they can't have a worse coach than they did last year. I, yeah, you, know, that's, you don't that's know what point. Staley's going to give them, <laughs> but he, he can't be worse than Anthony Lynn as far as the, the game situation stuff, uh, some of the play yeah. calls. An- I mean, Anthony did, Lynn, like, I think he was like, like he would literally was like reinventing ways to lose games last year. So you certainly have a point there. And you brought up the comparison to the Browns. And I actually think it's a good yeah. one as far as what the Browns did last year, because a massive coaching upgrade, And then the other thing I always look for when these teams get hyped up is, do they have an offensive line? Because that's always the downfall, right? It happened to the Browns two years ago when they were on a massive hype train. It happened to the Giants a few years before that. I massively faded that Giants team because it was like, hey, they don't have an offensive line. This Chargers team has gone out and addressed the offensive line. Lindsley Slater, I think is, you know, I watched a ton at Northwestern, I think is a plug and play pro you know they may put him at right tackle but either at right or at left tackle I think he's going to give them solid production from the start Herbert's got Keenan Allen they've got talent on the defensive side of the football the only reason I don't think they're going to be at you know in the the top three or four seeds is number one they have a brutal schedule to start which is tough yeah yeah new head coaching you're going to throw them into the fire with you know their first five or six games I think they probably come out of that, you know, more like 500 and are kind of climbing their way into the second spot of that division. I don't think the Broncos are going to be any good unless they get Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the the Raiders are going to be any good unless No, I just have no I I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good. I don't have another I don't have an unless there. I just think that <laughs> roster is not that good and I don't trust John Gruden to get the most out of them anyway. So I think they're clear number two in that division. And I think they're going to be firmly in the wildcard mix and they're going to be a, you know, a team that's almost a hot again next year. And so, as I said, I wouldn't want to see them if I was the Browns necessarily, if we matched up with them in a playoff game, you know, because of all the talent that Herbert has, I think Staley is going to be a good coach and there's talent across the board on that roster. I just don't also see the path for them getting into the, the tippy top quite yet. Yeah, and the other thing we have to mention, too, Derwin James will be coming back. I mean, it, 
at this point for that hit for him, I think it's like really just the biggest question for him is if he's going to be able to stay healthy, but it sounds like he's ready to start the season healthy and they'll have him for week one. So their defense gets another upgrade, just bringing him back into the picture as well. James is a phenomenal defensive talent too. Yeah. They, they, you know, Bosa on that defensive side of the football, they do Melvin Ingram is still unsigned. So they do lose him, but you know, he's getting up there in age at this point, yeah. which is why he he is on the open market. Just looking at the betting odds here, Jordan, the only two teams we didn't cover that are ranked pretty highly. Number one is the Denver Broncos, which I assume is just a hedge uh, of getting Aaron Rodgers because otherwise they would not be plus a thousand to win the AFC. Uh, and then the only other one we didn't talk about is the Patriots plus 1100 mm. buying anything w- with them just real quick before we sign off. I buy them as a, uh, a wild card type playoff team. I don't buy them as a team that's going to make some crazy run and end up making the playoffs. Um, again, I said it earlier, I'd put money on the Patriots making the playoffs just because, again, Bill Belichick is not going to miss the playoffs two years in a row and watch Tom Brady potentially win two Super Bowls without him. I think he's a competitive guy. I think they both want to prove that they can get it done without one another. So, again, that goes back to their spending this offseason, everything they were doing. I think they will be much improved. I would bet on them making the playoffs, Henry. I don't like them as a team that's an AFC contender, though. Yeah, not a, yeah, they're not it for me. Uh, I I do think their their floor is high because what people, in my opinion, are talking about enough is all the defensive opt outs coming back for this team. This defense is going to be yeah. good, assuming they don't trade Stephon Gilmore or anything like that. Like this defense is going to be one of the better units in the NFL, and of course they're going to be really well coached. They spent money on a couple tight ends, Nelson Aguilar. They're going to have weapons, unlike they did last year, but. What's the ceiling of this team's quarterback? I mean, Cam Newton, yeah. he, I think, you know, he wasn't as bad as some people made him out to be last year, but he's also not good. And I'm I'm not a Mac Jones believer. So this is the opposite of the Chargers to me where, yeah, they could sneak into the playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Sign me up for playing the Patriots at home if you're the Browns because I, I, this this quarterback situation to me is not one that scares me at all. Exactly. And that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. But for the Patriots, like you talked about it, getting the guys, I think honestly their biggest offseason addition, and it wasn't even a guy that they signed, that's going to be getting Dante Hightower back on that defense. So we'll see what he's able to do. That defense will be much improved from how it was last year, Henry. But there's a lot of question marks with them. It all starts with the quarterback. If you're not able to get consistent play at that position, it's hard to win games in the NFL. But again, I see them sneaking in as a wild card. They won't be a contender at the end of the day, though. They they are favored over Miami, so so it would make sense that they could potentially yeah, that, sneak that makes in. sense. Yeah, and assuming you know the Broncos wouldn't have these kind of odds unless they're they're hedging Aaron Rodgers, then it would. Yeah, that's of, that's that's a ridiculous thing. Drew Locke. Let me breaking news. Drew Locke is not the answer. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's I, it's one of those things where like if you're looking at the like the Broncos win total or something, it's just. Hey, do you think they trade for Aaron Rodgers or do you think they stick with Drew Locke? Because they're going to be awful if they yeah. have Locke. They've got some talent and plus, you know, adding an MVP level quarterback, the, the gap there, you know, obviously makes a massive improvement. But I don't think well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Broncos. Or, see, this so, is the thing with the Broncos, Henry. They have a lot of young talent on offense. And I mean, they have a, they, for whatever reason, they always have a pretty solid defense. It's just all going to come down to quarterback. And I, I just don't think Drew Locke is very good at all. 
no, me either, me either. So, all right, Jordan, I think that that covers it as far as, our, you know, just taking a quick look at, at all of these AFC teams. What stood out to me really just as we went through this is I do think there are a lot of teams with a potential in the AFC, but there are also a lot of teams where I feel like the quarterback situation is actually kind of murky outside of the top contenders. There's a lot of teams where it's like, you know what their who their starter is going to be, but you really don't know what you're getting out of them. Carson Wentz. I mean, even big Ben Tua, the, the Broncos situation, you know, for, for all these teams, the, the Patriots, whoever ends up in the bottom of the playoff picture, I think it's just going to come down to a, better than expected outcome for their quarterback really yeah i agree and the, and the interesting thing about it is too i think that i mean just circling back and tying this into the browns henry all these teams that we went through did we talk about a team that had a better offseason than browns because i don't think we did i really don't think we did just in terms of how much they were able to do on that defense didn't really need to address offense our offense is good if not great especially getting odell back that's your addition on offense, everything they were able to do from where it'd be Tack McKinley, a Jadeveon Clowney, a John Johnson, a Troy Hill, and Anthony Walker, they are significantly better at every position they needed to get better at. And I don't know if there's another team we talked about today that we can say that about, Henry. And that's not even being a homer. I think every anyone that knows football, anyone that studies the game, anyone that's close with these teams, I think they would agree with what I just said. I don't have a great counterpoint. Yeah, the only one would be the Chiefs as far as they, you know, they went out and, obvi- you know, aggressively attacked their issues at offensive line. But I, I don't think, you know, you still have Remmers at right tackle. I don't think it's the same level of improvement that the Browns made in terms of what they added to their defense. Now, the Chiefs started from a better place than the Browns. So I think, yeah, they solidified themselves you know, as far as the premier team in the AFC. But I think you're right. I, I think the Browns clearly made the most offseason moves that are going to help their team. I, you know, some people would say the Titans, but I'm as I said earlier, I'm not buying. I'm not buying the defensive moves for the Titans. So uh, Julio Jones is great, but guess what? When you're down, you know, two scores, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I couldn't agree anymore, man. Let's go. All right, Jordan, that will do it for this episode of the Rebuild. We'll be back. Next week, we got to talk about some extensions and yeah. we've got some other topics as well, I think. But I think, yeah, I, I think it's time to, to probably dive into that topic here as we get into the quieter days of June. So Browns fans, hope you're enjoying your summer days here and the season will be here before you know it. Until next time, just two words for you. Go Browns.